This is Behind the Mic at BYU Football Media Day 2022. Quick turn and a handoff. Becomes a reverse, becomes a flea flicker. Hall steps up in the pocket, goes for the end zone. Wide open as Romney and makes the catch for the touchdown. Today's coverage is brought to you by PAX, healthcare inspired. Also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good afternoon, Cougar Nation. And for the final time in the era of BYU's FBS independence, this is the 2022 BYU Football Media Day edition of Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel. My name is Greg Rubel. I welcome you inside Studio 2, inside the BYU Radio Studios at the BYU Broadcasting Building here in Provo, Utah. And we are live for the next two hours as we visit with BYU coaches and players preparing you for the Cougars' final go-round before joining the Big 12 for the 2023 college football season. I am joined for the next two hours by my commentary colleague on game day, the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw himself, Riley Nelson. Riley Great to see you again, because this means kickoff is now only a few short weeks away. So close and yet so far, but no, today it feels really close because we've been able to get exposure to uh, all the players and coaches and hear about all the work they've been putting in the offseason, and boy, it just uh, it makes me all the more excited to hear those pads crack and, and helmets collide uh, pretty soon here in the fall. Lots to come in the next two hours, including visits with all of BYU's coordinators and star players from both sides of the ball, as well as the view from the sidelines with Mitchell Jurgens joining us in studio later in today's show. But we kick off this Media Day broadcast with the man starting his seventh season as the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Coach Kalani, great to see you. Gentlemen, good to see you guys. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Has it been fun so far? Yeah, I love it. I mean, anytime you can talk about BYU football to everybody... I love it. I, 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 it's like Christmas for me. So, uh, plus, I, we get our players interviews and things like that. And, um, you know, we'll have to figure something out that we're going to do next year. But I <laughs> uh, just really love the, the environment and the interest, the excitement going into the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Kalani, talk about this because as I've been here, because of your performance in the last two years, like, there's. The standard is already there. There's already an expectation for a certain level of success. It's can we get to even that more elite or higher level. So I, guys are walking around like there's not as much. Sometimes there's like they do a lot of talking. It's a lot of promising. And it's almost like they're trying to overcompensate for a, a lack of – this team feels different. I'm not getting a lot of verbose answers. I'm getting kind of real quick, short, because it feels like this team knows who they are. And it's really just, yeah, media day is one step in the process, but they're really just looking for an opportunity to get on the field and prove it. Yeah, they, they want to play. And, and I think um, uh, th- that's a sign of good leadership. You know, you, you've been around teams like that, and, and, and uh, I can't take credit for that. We just have really good young kids, man. That, the, uh, and, and we have really good coaches, and uh, I think the fact that we are able to retain all our coaches um, gives us some really good stability. We went through a little bit of a shake last year when when uh, Grimey and and um, and and Mateos. you know when, when we lost Grimey and and, and, and Eric Mateos to uh, to Baylor. Um, I mean, even though we we felt like A Rod was going to do a great job, and and, and he, like I know he would, it, there's still new bodies that are in there. And so now this year. We've retained everyone. We've got great stability. And not only that, now we're adding to it, right? So we're adding support staff. We're adding uh, uh, analysts and things like that. We're only improving it. And um, I, I feel like now the players, have they should be confident. Um, but I also I sense a good, a good part of humility in them where they know, hey, we, we're done talking about it. Let's go get work done. And I, I can talk about for them, right? But right. Uh, I've seen it already. I, I've seen these guys. You can be really confident when you know you're, you're the hardest worker out there. And I think um, I'm really excited to get to fall camp. And, uh, and I'm really excited to see some of these guys. You see them physically, how they're looking. 
you don't get that stuff from just from just passing. Yeah, I saw Jar- I saw Jaron out there sitting. I caught him at lunch, and I was like, "Now listen, man, do you have uh, a bodybuilding competition coming up later this summer, or what?" <laughs> yeah, he just looks in tip top condition. So, and then all the other dudes, all your interior guys, just look massive. But it's good weight. They're carrying it, and you know their their thighs and their butt and up in their chest. And anyway, yeah, the the work that they put in is apparent just by watching them walk around. Yeah, and then and when when you work really hard the confidence um, builds and it then there's this motivation that's more intrinsic um, I'm not having to tell them to go and work out they're already doing it coaches aren't having to hold people accountable on the team the players are doing it and more than anything there's this high expectation um, you know you just you just do things differently when you have this expectation placed on you and so the players know that there's an expectation from them from the team but also from our fans that what they want and they're really excited to to, to get it done and, and if the fans have a certain expectation you can only imagine what the players have and and uh Talk is cheap, man. These guys, there's there's enough talk. These guys know that hard work can can make it happen. They've seen it from last year, and uh, we we have a a good group of young men that are coming back. A lot of production, but also some guys that are going that are healthy. And then uh, that combined with the guys that that we had going into the season that that we didn't have the rest of the season, I think it it it, for me there's going to be a lot of great competition (laughs) and. uh, Usually when you have great competition, you, you get the best of everyone that's involved in it. The website, The Athletic, does a really nice uh, breakdown of the top college football teams. One of their writers spoke with you. And in the BYU broke down, breakdown, Kalani, you said, I'm not really worried about what's next, meaning Big 12. I'm worried about what we can consistently do and what we can improve upon. So what do you think your team does consistently well as a program? And where are you looking to get better? Just look, keep looking for opportunities to um, improve and to learn and love as much as they can, right? And, uh, the, the opportunities, uh, that's our culture built on love and learn. That they, they, They're looking for opportunities to get better and learning from uh, other people, learning from alumni, learning from game film. There's, there's so many opportunities, but also loving uh, and appreciating what they get to do. I, I, uh, we talk to our players that they, they are in their position right now because other people's hard work and sacrifice. And the way you show them appreciation is you max out your opportunities here, but you also do it with a positive attitude and a smile on your face and excitement because um, you want them to know how much how much gratitude you have for them, right? And um, and then these guys experience that in, in service and finding different ways to do things and, and being creative and innovative on, on, on allowing uh, the parallels of life to fall into football as well. So... Um, the consistency for us is trying to find ways to to grow closer, to mm. love each other more, but also to show our loved ones that we love them too and to bring joy to the game of football and make sure that we're aligned with the mission of the church and the mission of our, our university. You've been, uh, you'll have been the head coach of BYU football for seven of the 12 seasons of independence, a little more than half. What will you look back on or what do you think has been um, the best part of the independence and the biggest challenge you've had to work through during these previous six seasons? It's all been great to me. And, and I, I, you've been around me a long time, Greg, and, and when we went through um, some tough times of some adversity, I, I don't know, when, when you know that you're going to get come out of this better, right? It's, it's that opportunity. It's like, I know this is going to be hard. I'm going through some tough times right now, some adversity, and I, but I'm going to learn from this because I'm committed to that. That's, that's better than... than I got to survive this. You know what I mean? And so. So you're saying um, the challenges make it part of the best yeah, part or I, become part of the best part? When I first got the job, I had a bunch of people, um, peers and coaches that I know, they're like, what are you doing? Have you seen the schedule? Hmm. This is crazy. I'm like, yep, I'm gonna, we're going to go into it. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see how we're going to be as a team. I wasn't worried about trying to pad my, my coaching record as a coach. I want this is this this isn't like a stepping stone thing for me. It was like this is what I want to be here forever, right? And in order to do that, you need to learn and you need to create a good, solid foundation. And I, I use the Wisconsin game as a, an example. Going into that game, we were beat up physically. It's like, oh my gosh! But I don't know how to teach guys that we got to be bigger on O line and D line, other than you just have to go through the fire sometimes. Like there it is, guys. That sometimes experience is the best teacher. 
There it is. And in a, in a calendar year, we went back against that same team, and they actually were better, returned a lot of production, and we went into their home and we beat them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and from a physical standpoint, we competed with them, and it was like a good, good match. And you're looking at the teams that we played against last year. We've come a long way from, from where I felt like we weren't ready yet to now, and, but some of those growing pains you just have to go through. And, and um, in an impatient world, nobody wants to hear, yeah, we're going to get there. But now we're in that moment where like, we're, we're getting there, and, and, but we're still not done yet. There's still a lot to accomplish right here. Yeah? Right? So I, I'm just, my focus is like trying to do things consistently that we're good at and, and, and then trying to find ways to, how else can we improve? How else can we improve on what we do as a, as a football player? How else can I be a better, uh, better um, husband or father or brother? A friend, you know, because all that stuff will go right into football. And um, the more we can do, the more we can do, the more we can have that focus. I think it's going to really improve uh, the product on the field. Coach, one of the you talk about foundation, and one of the things that I think has become a hallmark of your tenure here at BYU is player development. As I'm out there chatting with the players, when I when I was here, we had guys you know that flirted with the NFL or kind of had opportunities, and everybody was hopeful. But you got guys out there walking around that feel like, no, this is what I'm putting all the work in is for opportunities, and and they feel like they have a path laid out that's been done by you and your staff to, to get them there. In a world where everybody's talking about NIL and, and players coming into college and worried about all that, you got your players focusing on making themselves the best men and football players. So talk to your approach to player development and how it's helped set you up for success over the last future years, but then also heading into uh, the future challenges. Well, the development is such a, a relative term because you sit there and you go, we're talking about physical development, but you're also talking about football IQ development. And you're talking about um, – opportunities to become to mature in so many ways i mean think about when you're a junior in high school and the stuff that you thought about i did because i went back and read my journal i'm like oh my gosh i was an idiot like what was i thinking but that's the development that the time and experience gives you and i think sometimes you have to be patient with it letting players know that hey the NFL doesn't mean you have to start as a true freshman, that, that, that you can work your way to it and have one year uh, and not even be a starter. I mean, the, look at for me, it's looking at the examples that have been in the past. Vaisa Gehema wasn't like a big-time starter here, but he made a living and became an all-pro player in the NFL, right? There's ways to get there. I feel like Michael Davis, right, for the Chargers, yeah. starter in the NFL and making intact players like – he was just kind of a, a guy that patiently and over time kind of morphed into a product that NFL teams desire, right? I, and, I don't know if that's a good example. Yeah, you're right, but, but it's, it's, it's also – I wish he would have caught the vision earlier, right? And, and, mm. and, and um, I know that people have shied away from talking about the NFL, especially here at BYU. I don't. Like I appreciate everybody that, that, has, that, that, that wants to be in the NFL, but again – it's not easy, but there's so many comparisons. Like, I want our linebackers to look at the linebackers that are getting drafted, not just Fred Warner, but the others, and say, if I want to be there, I have to be at this level. Yeah. Otherwise, stop talking about it. And, and what's happened in the past is sometimes people feel entitled to the NFL, like it's just going to happen just because you played. No, the, the development needs to happen in so many different levels, but the NFL needs BYU players. They do. And, but they also need to see that this, the NFL needs to see that we are in, that the NFL is important to us. And then, uh, so if I'm going to get guys out there, the pro day needs to be top notch, right? And, and we need to treat our scouts top notch. We need to give access to our practices. So our our scouts scouts sometimes schools don't even let scouts go on on, on the practice field because they feel that hmm. oh uh, well they're going to give ideas. They see our practices and they'll they'll tell our opponents leak what's information. Going on. Yeah. So you're not trusting the professionals to do their job, right? And there's such thing as, as karma that if you do that, it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're taking notes on the scout team. You have no idea who's going to play. We do so much crossover ones against ones that how are they supposed to know what we're going to probably do and yeah. who's the emphasis on which. But at the same time, they're, they're representing the NFL. They're there to see us. And right now we're auditioning. So if we're going to audition, I want them to see how our players actually are great teammates on the football field during practice. Mm. They need to see, hey, wait, that's a starting running back and he's running on scout team kickoff? Yeah, because we need that look. We need that speed look. So he's humble enough to do that, 
right? It's just, it's just all these little intricacies and details that, that go into getting guys in the NFL that's just not on combines and stuff like What's that. What's so unique is that this ultimate goal, and you're talking about the process of getting there, but it seems to, for me, in, in chatting with players both today and over the last couple of years, it seems to, a lot of times they think, oh, the traditional thought was you can't get them focused on the NFL because then they'll forget about the task at hand. But the way that you've been able to bring that goal of the NFL, and it seems to tie guys even, they seem even more invested into their role and time at BYU. You um, with that goal, rather than somehow being distracted by it, and it's for me. It's a, as an alumni and as a former player with those same goals. Like it's so exciting for me to observe, and I think it's going to take the program great places. Well, it's 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 what Lavelle did here. It's what all the coaches have done. It's not like it's not like I'm sitting here saying, "Well, this is, these are my ideas," but the the thing is, like I'm I'm being a former player. You know this, Riley. That I was a former player. You need all the help you can get to get to the league, and so if if I'm easy to to get a hold of for scouts and for general managers and for coaches to talk to, then that's going to help my players. So that needs to be an emphasis that, hey, if you need to talk to your general manager for this team, if you need to talk to Kalani, here's his cell number. He'll talk to you. Because I, I, I can ad, be a great advocate for my for, for my boys. Like, hey, you want him on your team, right? And and um, I think a lot of people have looked at the NFL as like, oh, my gosh, it's kind of cutthroat, hard business. You know, I don't know if, 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 if uh, people in our church or our, our, our school can fit there. Sure we can. We can go there and we can we can actually put more of our people there because there's a need for our, our, our people to represent. I mean, we have people like Jamal Williams that's representing the school well in most of his interviews. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but the more, more important part is that he's human. He does his stuff, but he's wearing his BYU stuff. And he acknowledges the, 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 the people that have helped him get there. Yeah. And, and it's been a lot of fun to see how many people are buying New York Jets um, jerseys and Atlanta Falcons jerseys and stuff like that now. And um, Because one thing that the NFL needs to understand is once you take one of our guys, Cougar Nation becomes part of your fan base. Absolutely. Before we get into a couple of 2022 uh, particulars, how do you look back on 10 and 3 in 2021? A lot of lessons to, to learn from. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people who say, well, this, this is a great year. You, you finished ranked. Double-digit um, wins. Yeah. And yeah. I, I look at it and say, well, no, I, I don't think we played our best every, every game. That's my job, and that's my fault. You know, I, I don't know if we, we went into the bowl game with the right attitude. Um, but we're going to learn from it. You know, I, I, th- I don't know if we were humble enough. And so uh, that, that experience uh, we talked about as a team is like, this can never happen again, where, where you're not appreciative of being in a bowl game. And uh, I think for the mo- majority of the guys did it. But if there's just a few that aren't happy to be there, then it's going to show. And it's going to show in the product. And that's, that's, that's my fault. I, I got to do a better job as a head coach and, and, and find ways to make sure our guys are performing better. But... Um, I want our guys to, to be aware of some of the things that we can learn from and some of the lessons we can learn from. And, and when you learn from some of those, some of the lessons, man, we're, we're so good. You know, when you, when you learn from uh, the, the mistakes that you've made in the past playing against Utah and then you, you actually uh, approach it in a game and you're like, hey, we can win these games when we actually know that it's not having to do with straight talent it has to do with how we're how are we playing this game and what mistakes are we making and so the the 21 year i want to make sure that we learn from those mistakes and get better i think that uh i don't like patting ourselves on our back if we're about love and learn then i i think there's a lot to learn when you when you win games sometimes when you win a game uh, uh mistakes get kind of passed over because uh because the end result was favorable i'm the kind of guy that's like no 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 this was a mistake because you'll laugh at some mistakes. So a guy misses a tackle, like, oh yeah, you you missed that tackle. Then when you lose a game, you do you make a mountain out of sure, a mountain. Yeah. yeah, you say yeah. you make that tackle, and and then we win the game. So now all of a sudden you're not even being consistent in the way you're teaching, right? So me, it's like okay, I, and, and unfortunately for me, when I played my best games, have been games that we've lost. I've won player of the game in a lot of losses for some reason because I guess that's what you do with the fullback when when you win games you give it to the quarterback and and then when you lose games you're like uh fullback you you're the player of the game but but the truth is there's there was no praise when we lost so uh, when when you lose I want to praise the guys that have done things well and I want to praise the the good things that we did in the game but then when we win I don't also want to I want to look at things that we can correct and get better I think I think there's a way you can do that, and and the way you do it is being have a great uh, 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 effort, but a, but be a, a solid foundation of consistency in the way that we teach, rather than just all about the result. I'm all about hey, was that your best rep? Is that is that as fast as you can run? Like no. Well, we 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 won the game, and 
but that didn't help, right? Yeah. Or when we well, we lost the game, but that wasn't the reason why we lost. But if if all of a sudden these there's like these mistakes are minimal, I think we'll be in a really good spot. All right, we'll look ahead to 2022 and our last few minutes with Kalani Sitake, Greg Grubel, and Riley Nelson with you. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel at BYU Football Media Day on BYU Radio. You are listening to Behind the Mic at BYU Football Media Day 2022. They go for the end zone to Puka. Puka makes the catch, turns back to the ball. He's got a touchdown! Touchdown, Puka Nakua! Our exclusive coverage of BYU Football Media Day is brought to you by PAX, healthcare inspired. Today's coverage is also brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson, Kalani Sitake here in segment number two of our broadcast today. BYU 10-3 and last year, 2022 season kicks off at South Florida in early September. Based on how you rank things or how they do look at things uh, relative to experience, Kalani, last year's team going into the year is one of the least experienced in college football. You won 10 games. This year's team is one of the most experienced in all of college football from one year to the next. Not a lot of newcomers um, making a lot of noise because so many guys are back, which is a good situation. But I'm going to throw a few names at you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Brooks, uh, Houston Haymuli. Uh, Kingsley Suomataya, uh, Gabe Judy Lally. Those may be four that just jumped to my top of mind of guys who could and have to have an impact for you maybe here, even with so many guys back. Your thoughts? Yeah, and and, and if I were to go back to last year's guys, it would be Samson Nakua, Puka Nakua, uh, Jacob Robinson, and Caleb Hayes. And see the impact that they made on our program from last year's team from the transfer portal. Um, this year, uh, the, the, the individuals that you just mentioned, the players, they're going to make similar impacts. You know, I think that the, uh, when you're the captain of a Stanford football team and <laughs> you're a starter, that uh, I think there's a purpose that, that they and, a, and a, a role that they can have here. And we've already seen it with his leadership and with what Chris has done for us too. The the uh, the athleticism for a big old lineman that Kingsley brings and this the stuff that Gabe's going to be able to do in in, a, in in the SEC when he's locked down a lot of a lot of great receivers. I mean this these guys are going to bring a, a very unique talent to what we have on our team. But more than anything, they want to fit the program. They, they're looking for a program that they the reason why they left is because the fit wasn't there. And now that they're here, they're going to be able to um, to, to have a great experience and be able to grow and learn as much as they can because they're comfortable in this setting. Um, this is a setting that they've wanted from the very beginning. This is what we're trying to avoid in recruiting is to make sure that guys say, hey, this is where you should have started from the very beginning. But more than anything, those four individuals from last year that came here, this is what they wanted. They wanted this experience with with. B- BYU experience as a football player and as a student athlete, just like these new, these uh, others that are coming in with Kingsley, Gabe, um, Houston, and Chris. You know the, uh, and so we we will take all the guys that want to be part of this program, part of this environment, and appreciate it. And uh, for those individuals, they left, and they, I think they the 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 fact that they left made them say, you know what, I want to get back to it. And um, when they're comfortable and they're feeling really good about where they're at. Uh, the sky's the limit for them and their ability on the field. Coach, is it a focus on, maybe it's a focus on a live, love, learn. Maybe it's a focus on uh, the BYU way, but how to, whether it's new guys coming in with a bunch of hype and optimism or, you know, I, I'm sure you do because you, you don't shy away from when people try and give your team praise, but the offensive line is garnering all sorts of pro football focus and other articles are talking about how talented and great these guys are. How do you help them manage expectations? Is it is it uh, keeping them grounded? Is it more telling them to embrace it, but they better work to back it up? Talk a little bit to that. Well, I think they're saying what we always knew from the beginning from last year and, and that they're going to be good, right? And they're going to be deep. Um, I think a lot of our position groups are going to have that same type of uh, of, of um, depth. But the old linemen are the biggest boys on the field, so the, they, they get a lot of the attention, you know? And um, and it's nice that at BYU, being six eight and three hundred fifteen pounds is like is like really cool. You know what I mean? And <laughs> <laughs> it used to be just only quarterback was 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 the talk, which is which is cool too. But I I, I honestly feel like the um, 
the leadership that we're seeing from our players, it's all, it's great. And, and, and we're getting a lot of praise from so many different people, but um, that should not change our approach, right? And, and, and um, we need to keep remembering uh, the, the concept of humility and, and, and mm-hmm. the, the issue with um, learning. If, if you feel like you've already arrived, there's no sense in learning. And so if we can keep these guys focused on learning, and that's, that's the thing is, it's another thing for you to keep yourself humble, but you sometimes you tend to lose your way a little bit. It's your family and your loved ones that get you right back on it. So uh, if the, if the players are held uh, they're held accountable to each other, uh, the entitlement and and, and uh, the ability to, to show humility should show that, and the absence of entitlement should be should be on our team. But I, we'll, we'll see. I we're human, right? So um, I think it's nice for guys to get pats on their back, but. I, I really believe that the, the, these guys will stay humble and will keep working hard, and that, that, that'll that go for every position group, including coaching staff and myself. An entirely new schedule dynamic awaits you in 2023. As for 22, uh, 2022, you've got your eye on one team name right now, South Florida, but if you had to look at the entire 2022 slate that you know is out there for this team, uh, how do you view it? Yeah, the schedule is, I mean, you, you know how it is. I'm supposed to say one game at a time, but we see the whole schedule. It's right. there. Uh, it's exciting, right? I mean, that's, there's what I'm looking at is like I always think about the opportunity to see our fans. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we're going to go to Florida. We're going to be able to see our fans over there in Tampa again and, and hopefully change the way the, the, the last – Last time being in in in, in the in, in that stadium, uh, Raymond James Stadium, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And so um, we're going to be there. We're going to be in so many different places. It's it's it's, it's exciting. And and uh, but you know we will be focused on the first one. It's not like we're going to be prepping for South Florida and thinking about Notre Dame. But you have to acknowledge that we're going to be in Vegas. Last time we were in Vegas, that was a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. And so as you start looking at the schedule, you're like this is going to be exciting. I mean, I mentioned these two places. You guys are getting excited. So imagine <laughs> how our fans are feeling, especially you if you You've got to prepare living. them that when you go to Palo Alto, it's going to be yeah. full of engineers and only half full, no matter how good the teams are going. <laughs> no, no, no. The, 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 the blue will show up, I promise you. Oh, that's you that. right. Yeah. But, It'll yeah. be a, a quasi-home game because but, Stanford's so bad. It's going to be exciting. And what you do is you acknowledge how exciting it's going to be. And then you say, guys, this is going to be so fun, but let's do this first part right here. Let's get this first one going. Let's get fall camp going, and let's stay focused on South Florida. And then that's part of the fun is that we we're, we are going to do it one at a time. But let's look at the big picture. Here it is. Like wow, that's so much. That's so exciting. And and um, that that's I ha- we have to do that. If if you if you get this razor sharp stuff and, and and you're like oh only tunnel vision on this, then you then you're not ever stopping smelling the roses and mm-hmm. having uh, enjoying the process and. The experience. Okay, last thing for you, and then Jaron Hall's coming up after the break. You're about to become a father for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tougher prep job, getting ready for the Big 12 or getting ready for a fourth child, another baby? Well, I felt like the, I feel like the Big 12 is, is coming, but it, we know it's in the future, right? And, and, and the, the bigger picture is that, hey, um, the Big 12 is here. Andy Reid talked to the team about avoiding distractions. We're, t- we're acknowledging the Big 12 and the schedule and all that stuff. But eventually we're going to get focused on one thing, which is um, the season, this season, giving the seniors everything that they deserve, which is all the attention and respect to the seniors that are going to play this year. And then, um, and then our razor-sharp focus on our opponent, which is going to be South Florida. The baby <laughs> on the other side is just like, uh, I can't help but think, I don't remember what it's like. Uh, it's twelve year gap between our youngest and this. I mean, our daughters are Timberly and I. Our daughters are eighteen years old. Uh, Sky, fifteen year old Sadie. Our our son is KK. He's almost twelve. And then we don't know what we're going to name this this baby, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be something cute, you know. And and um, I don't know. I I think we're prepping the the house. We're I, I'm, I'm a little bit vain because I looked at him. I was like, okay, how am I, how old am I going to be when this, <laughs> graduates. When this baby graduates from high school? And he's like, 64. <laughs> it's, I, it's hard thinking about Age that. Age is just a number, Coach. Yeah, but the one thing I, I say I have going for us, just like our football team has a little, has going for them, is that they can count on the support of Cougar Nation. I can count on the great support of a wonderful wife and, and amazing children that are going to be older. We're going to have a lot more. It'll be a better because we'll have more drivers in the home and, and, and we'll be able 
able to raise this child together as a family with with our three children, my wife and I. So um, we're going to be able to get that, rely on that support. And Kruger Nation has been amazing too in supporting me. I mean, I've met more par- older parents, right? That say, "Hey, this is our caboose," and they're in the camps. I, I met everybody's caboose. They brought their. <laughs> yeah. This is our our daughter, our son, who's a ten, twelve year gap, and. Um, Started to realize that it's not all that odd, especially in our religion. Yeah, fan. So yeah. well, I'm really excited great. about it. I We're just, excited for you. Yeah, this is a lot of excitement for so many different things. And, and, uh, and this season for the seniors, it's going to be so much fun. Have you said boy or girl for the baby yet or no, not? No, baby girl. Yep. Okay, awesome. We don't know what her name's going to be, but it, yeah, we'll figure it out. I, I have a feeling that it's you not really my Cougar department. You mentioned Nation. Would you put it out there for suggestions? <laughs> you want people tweeting at you? I don't you? think my wife. You, you guys know Timberly. <laughs> she's not. I don't know if that's yeah. going to be her. You know, if she's be interested in yeah, that. No, well, as, as the dad of, of three daughters and one son, I like your formula there. It's there good. you go. All right. <laughs> Kalani, thank you for starting the show with us. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll, we'll see you soon enough. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Go right. Cougs. Appreciate right. it. Jaron Hall's coming up next. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel at BYU Football Media Day. Back on it after this on BYU Radio. You're listening to Behind the Mic at BYU Football Media Day 2022. First and goal from the four. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone. Touchdown! Our live coverage of BYU Football Media Day is brought to you by PAX, Healthcare Inspired. Also brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to a BYU Football Media Day edition of Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you until 2 p.m. Mountain Time on BYU Radio. Thanks to BYU head coach Kalani Sitake for kicking off our show with two solid segments. 30 years ago this summer, a running back out of Las Vegas by way of Dixie College by the name of Kalen Hall began his BYU football career and became part of a dynamic duo in the Cougar backfield. 30 years later now, Kalen's son, Jaron retakes his spot in the BYU backfield as the Cougs starting quarterback. Jaron's 2021 campaign included these superlatives. Top 50 ranks in touchdown passes and completion percentage. Top 30 in yards per completion. Top 25 in pass efficiency and passing yards per game. Top 20 in total offense and yards per attempt. In addition, Jaron Hall was one of only four Division I quarterbacks with these stats together last season. 2,500 passing yards, 150-plus pass efficiency, 8-plus yards per attempt, 4-1 to or better on TD uh, to INT, and 300-plus rushing yards. Now, those that, that makes a pretty unique combination and kind of showcases the versatility and productivity of this six foot one junior who, in two and a half months' time, is scheduled to make his 13th career start as the Cougs open their season at South Florida. With all of that said, we welcome into Studio 2 quarterback Jaron Hall. Hey, Jaron. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, what's, uh, where's everyone starting with you uh, in the interviews you've done so far today? Where are they starting with me? Yeah, what, what, what's the most common question you're getting this, uh, today? Probably... Um I say a lot of it about my personal growth in the offseason, then also a lot about our offensive line, um, rightfully so. So probably those two two questions right there. Okay. Last year at this time, you were part of a three QB interview segment uh, because officially there wasn't a starter yet named. Uh, clear-cut starter coming into 2022. Does that make a difference in how you approach August and the season ahead? Yeah, I think it puts a greater emphasis on me finding a way to compete with myself and push myself to the next level. Um, it's, it's a little different dynamic this year. Obviously, in my last four seasons being at BYU, competing with two or three other guys, typically every year, someone to, to see physically in the present, to compete with in workouts and on the field. Now it's a matter of finding the next step of something I can do mentally to compete and get the best out of myself again. Jaron, I'm going to hop right into the schedule. South Florida, that was your first start two years ago, oh, correct? Yes. Three years ago. Or three years ago. 2019, Holy cow. yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Jeez. That's right. That was prior to the COVID year. So, um, <laughs> No, you're a baseball player. You're probably a basketball fan, too. I don't know if you've been following a lot of the Warriors. You're a busy dude, but the Warriors are kind of taking out receipts on everybody. Mm-hmm. And not that you have receipts, but that game obviously didn't end the way that you yeah. or Cougar Nation mm-hmm. wanted it. Talk to me about uh, about what motivates you. And the reason why I bring up that self for are you motivated by getting that bad taste out of your mouth and showing them that you're not the same player that went in there three years ago? and Or are you more motivated by... 
I, what to talk to us through your yeah, motivation? A little, a little of both. I love I love winning, and when you lose, um, you want to say forget about it. But uh, when you overcome the feelings of you know being sad and, and angry and frustrated, now it's a matter of okay, well, how do I learn from that? How do I you know take some momentum from that? So for me, looking back at you know several of those losses from the that 2019 season, especially USF, we're playing them this year. For me, it's a matter of having another opportunity to not only you know go in as a starter against them, but now see all the growth that I've made, see the changes, and see opportunities to make plays that weren't made that game. We never find out what guys were dealing with health-wise during the season until after the season. Mm-hmm. So what were you dealing with last season? Yes, it was under close. I'm comfortable sharing now. Um, first game of the season, I broke three ribs, um, played through all that. And then Arizona State, I tore my pec muscle on my throwing side, fractured the cartilage that connects the rib to the sternum. Um, so that was what put me out for a couple games. And then uh, just a like a, a Liz Frank foot sprain in the USC game, which thankfully wasn't the full deal. So... How much of um, of what you just talked about is, and you know, going back to 2019, uh, leaving a couple of games. How much of that's just bad luck, and how much is legitimate cost of doing business yeah. the way you want to play? Um, I think yeah, anytime you you know break ribs or a, a bone, there's not much you can do to stop it, right? Whether I landed on my elbow or a football, I don't remember what it was. I couldn't find it looking back. Um, bad luck. Same with you know getting hit from behind with the chest deal. Kind of a freak incident uh, where a dude's knee just got shoved into my chest as I was going down. Just never be seen. It's, it was never seen to happen like that before from all the doctors I visited. And then the foot deal. I mean, lots of athletes have stuff happen to their feet. Could be your cleat. Could be the way you planted. Um, so when I look back on that season versus the season of concussions, I feel like last year was a lot more stuff I couldn't really um, stop from happening. It just happened. That's football. I mean, people ask me, are you going to go down more? Are you going to do this? And I just answer saying, look, football is a game that's physical. You got to do what you got to do to win the game. Um, you can only hope that you just won't be in those situations as often, but you can't totally stop it from happening. So just roll with the punches. Well, go ahead, uh, Well, I was just going to say, if I can chime in, being in Jaron's spot, like one of the, being, we were just talking about, uh, you know, how time passed and all mm-hmm. that. But being 10 years looking back, as an athlete, <clears throat> your natural inclination is probably to take that on you and what could you have done differently. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear your balanced response because as as now I look back as it has been, had you been dealing with like chronic hamstring issues or conditioning, you know, stuff that you can right. control, then you're right. you mm-hmm. got to own those. But to feel that you – or to hear that you haven't taken that undue burden upon yourself and kind of blamed yourself for those previous injuries, which is something that is very easy for a very self-motivated athlete like yourself yeah. to fall into, is, is healthy to hear. And it allows you that freedom to come into the next season with no baggage and go yeah. accomplish all that you're meant to accomplish. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to hear that. Appreciate that. Hey, what did you want to work on from last season to this season? Uh, what did Aaron Roderick want you to work on? John Beck want you to work on? And did those same – were they kind of the same things? Yeah, under an umbrella of, of different coaches, you know, giving me different <clears throat> input. Obviously, one thing is, you know, completion percentage for any quarterback can always, always be up. And for me, that's especially the my focus. And then second is this offseason training, everything being game-like, not just dropping back in a clean pocket and delivering passes. Anybody can do that in their offense. It's like seven on seven, right? Kids always shine doing that. But now it's making full game-like pocket movements, put my body in the wrong position at the wrong time, but having to get it out to a certain part of the field. It's those next-level type things I think will you know increase the um, completion percentages, result more first downs, more touchdowns, more you know games won. So for me, it's a combination of, of those things and others. So, Jaron, with uh, having just talked about the physical skills, talk about the non-physical skills but are equally as important. What are you currently working on or uh, from a leadership standpoint? Mm -hmm. Now you are the unquestioned starter coming into the season. No competition. It's yours. What are you working on? What's changed? What's your approach to your leadership role in this team? Yeah, now it's it's finding ways to to not just be in group settings with the guys because it's hard to to make relationships when you're all together throwing with all your receivers. So now this summer, it's for me, it's been um, you know finding smaller groups here and there with different guys, whether it's doing football or not doing football, going out to eat, but just being in smaller groups where I can get to know the guys personally. They can get to know me. I mean, you're around each other in the locker room all day, but <clears throat> to see each other with your families, with your friends, how you are outside of a football, it's it's different. And and honestly, it builds a lot of confidence to know that your guys are living the same way as you are and you can count on them to be doing the right thing. So for me, it's been just letting my guard down, letting them get to know me, uh, but also while we're working, just being smaller groups where we can coach each other, we can talk more openly and not worry about wasting time in a group setting. How fortunate do you feel to have the O-line you do in front of you, <laughs> the tight ends you've got back, yeah. the wide receivers everybody knows. You do have to replace Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. but Chris Brooks has a resume. Lopini's got a ton of reps. Mm-hmm. and a ton, He's been 
been in the end zone a lot yes, in his college career. Lot, All around lot. you, you have you know, justifiably one of the deepest, most talented and experienced yeah. groups of offensive players coming back. Um, and, and, and you're in the middle of it all. Shoot, man. You gave me goosebumps listening to that. For, I got a little shivers for a second thinking about all the dudes we have coming back. It's it's so fun. Um, A-Rod mentions it all the time when we're outside. When you look around, you just see how many guys, how many new faces you don't have, right? So it's a matter of in the past summer, it's been like, oh, he's new. He's got to learn. But now we go outside. We go throw. We get team uh, practices together. It's like, dang. Every single person we see knows what they're doing here. There's yeah. not a new face yet, right? And uh, it's it's just something. It, it gives us a lot of confidence, but it also gives us the challenge of keeping a chip on our shoulder and not feeling like we've arrived because I think that's where our downfall has been. And BYU's downfall has been over the years. Okay. Last thing for you is a non-football note. <clears throat> How fun to watch little brother Dawson uh, get get some reps oh and some big hits for that BYU was, baseball this season. I think that I was more proud. Um, I'm going to try not to cry. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I think I was more proud um, watching him get his shot playing baseball. He's been through a lot um, since high school. Um, just to see him in the Cougar Blue do some of the things that me and my dad my older brother have done to, to get his moment, hear his name called, um, it was really special. I'm sorry, um, but I'm excited for his next couple of years. No, it was a thrill for me uh, to call his games, you know, and to, and, and to see the see the 43 out there again. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, Riley, any last things for uh, for for Jaron? Um, just if there's one thing that you want uh, to be able to display this year that maybe wasn't on display last year, a, a skill or attribute that you've yeah. acquired, what would it be? <clears throat> pushing that ball down the field accurately. I think that's been the knock, and, and uh, it's something we've talked about behind closed doors, and, and I think it's something I've really improved on. So giving my guys chances, not only to just catch the ball and make a big play, but now go run with the ball. Um, and I think a lot of easy yards are left on the table, and that starts with me. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to, just letting the air out, but that's every quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. Um, and aside from that, just managing games better, keeping us in good situations, staying ahead of the changes. I feel like we did good last year, but um, there's a lot of times we get stuck, you know, once we get past the 50 moving into the red zone um, we had a ton of yards on offense we just couldn't finish sometimes so um, just increasing the accuracy in the red zone and just just getting it in there and making it happen yeah, I already said last thing so now last last <laughs> thing um, since you mentioned you you talked about four seasons mm-hmm. uh, BYU you're only technically a junior but everyone knows right now the clocks are extended with COVID yes. and everything else so you've been here a while the fact that you're on draft boards um you know, you combine all that with the fact that you're still a junior, you could play longer. But do you have you already in your mind kind of flipped a switch like this? Is it is it fair to say that, or are you like no no no? This is a season, and we'll see what happens later. <laughs> yeah, no, same approach since my freshman year. It's a season. I'm gonna be the best I can be. Um, I think we preach as a team that with all the talent we have on our team and all the potential. The way you, you get a lot of guys drafted, and we saw this with the COVID year, you win a lot of games, right? And that's that's a team collectively doing that. So for us, it's not about who's doing this, who's talking with these people. No, right now it's about let's go beat USF. Let's go be the best we can be in our workouts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our PRPs. And I think that's the, the kind of the focus we'll have leading into that game. Love to hear it. Great to have you in here today. We look forward to seeing you in August and beyond. Thank you, Jaron. Thank you. All right, that is Jaron Hall. We'll come back with Aaron Roderick, BYU OC and QB coach next. It's Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel at BYU Football Media Day on BYU Radio. This is Behind the Mic at BYU Football Media Day 2022. And off Lopini. Lopini spun around to the 3-2-1. End zone. Touchdown. Lopini Katoa. And the Cougars go in front. Today's coverage is brought to you by PAX. Healthcare inspired. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Your local Big O Tires has financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Our preview of the 2022 BYU football season continues on this BYU Football Media Day. Next year, Media Day will be a Big 12 event, as today we see the beginning of the end of the FBS Independence era for the Cougs. Last season's a 10-win campaign for BYU featured some of the best offensive numbers in the country. The Cougars were productive, 8th in yards per play, 14th in yards per pass attempt, 17th in total offense, 21st in total touchdowns, 24th in yards per rush attempt, and 29th in scoring offense. The Cougs were clutch, 3rd in red zone TD percentage, 15th in third down conversion, 25th in red zone scoring percentage. The Cougs were secure, 
with the ball, 13th in fewest turnovers, 20th in margin. And the Cougs were explosive, 7th in most scrimmage plays of 40 yards or more, and 12th in scrimmage plays of 30-plus yards. And, of course, the Cougs won games. BYU one of only 28 teams with 10 or more victories. The man who created the blueprint for the BYU attack is OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick, and he returns for his second season as BYU's primary play caller and joins us now in Studio 2. A-Rod, good to see you again. Good to be here. I, I, I note parenthetically there's a lot of attention on your mustache for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just get that? Let's just get through this. Uh, uh, is it sticking around? Is this a lifestyle choice? What's happening here? I just... Uh, just try to mix it up a little bit, you know, Greg. I'm just trying to keep things interesting around here. That's all. So it may or may not be <laughs> yeah, here in a couple of weeks. I mean, we don't I'm know. My, I could change and it's my a pretty m- narrow corridor w- could, within which you can make things interesting. Yeah, so. it's true. <laughs> I, I, could, I could change my mind tomorrow and it could go away or it, it might be here all season. I don't know. Uh, general response in-house and uh, on campus. What's it been? Um, favorable? Well, yeah, favorable, yeah. Okay. Uh, except for Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson hates it and <laughs> told me so. So, but that hasn't uh, been enough to, but, to you know, swing the pendulum. We would yet. never expect Lee to have a strong opinion about <laughs> no, anything. No, right? no, no. Lee's so mild. Keeps things to himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last year at this time, most of the questions for you, a lot of them at least, were about uh, your starting quarterback, who he's going to be, competition. Uh, this year, Jaron Hall, clear cut number one. What's the tactical benefit to not having a battle in August? Uh, just, just allowing him to, uh, you know, be the great leader that he is. You know, he he's a very, very good leader, and. Um, so I'm excited about just the fact that, you know, um, at the end of a practice, I, he can say something to the team or, you know, um, he can he can really take charge of our summer, you know, player run practices in a way that maybe he wasn't empowered to do when he was still competing with one or two other guys. And um, so that that part's big. And then also just we're, we're planning our fall camp practices right now. And, and uh, you know, as you put together the practice plan, you know, you, you we're already – you know, planning out, you know, this period of practice, Jaron's going to get these this number of reps, and these are the plays we're going to run in that drill. And then when Conover comes in, we're going to do these things with him. And, you know, it's it's an advantage for sure to be planning those things in a, ahead of time and not trying to sort it out day to day based on who played the best the day before. <laughs> yeah. You know, so th- those are big things. So, Coach, how do you um, – because Jaron's a guy that thrives on competition. He's not competi- He's not competing against dudes at his same position. Obviously, yeah. he's going to comp- compete across the ball. But talk to us about your – you mentioned planning for fall camp. Just general pr- approach to f- to stoking that competitive f- fire of not just Jaron but the entire roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm challenging Jaron to be – be uh, you know be among the elite quarterbacks in college football this year. I, he he already was last year. Um, I, I think he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country a year ago. And so you know I've I've t- told him this year you know maybe you're not competing with Baylor like you were last year or, or, or Zach Wilson. This year you're you're competing against Bryce Young or or, or C J Stroud or or Cam Rising or whoever that you know like let's 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 use that as motivation you know to sort of take your game to another level. And I I'm, I think that's a great approach. I love it. Jaron got hurt, um, I guess you could say, early and often uh, last year. Uh, I was going to ask you this question, but I think I already know the answer. In, in, in how many games did we see Jaron Hall at 100% or close to it? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the number is, um, but I'm actually really proud of him. He, he, pl- he showed a lot of toughness last year, played, played through a lot. Um, and really, you know, I think two of the games he didn't play last year, he probably could have played if we didn't have any other option. But we just had so much confidence in Baylor that yeah. it didn't make sense to put Jaron at risk. Um, so, you know, health is a, it's a relative thing in this game. You know, it's it's a rough game and, and nobody's really fully 100% after the first game anyway. So um, the goal this year, though, is play 13 games and... and um, He's done everything he can. He's, he's he's really changed his body. I mean, he looks better than ever. Yeah. And um, so, you know, and then we have to be smart about how we call the games too. We got to protect him, and we got to, uh, you know, I'm, the plan the plan that I we, we tried to have last year, but even more so this year is, you know, that big run is coming. You just don't know when. And so instead of a steady dose of just Jaron, Jaron, Jaron. We're going to pick our spots and hopefully, Hope he pops it. hopefully all of a sudden he's in the open field and yeah. he's going for a big play. 
I ran through a number of exemplary stats to open the segment, knowing that TDs and points will always be the most important numbers. Of those other things I kind of ran through, which ones mean the most to you when it comes to uh, your job and and your offense's productivity? Uh, The explosive plays, uh, the way we take care of the football, and getting touchdowns in the red zone. You know, those are those are the keys. That's that's the name of the game. Is you know, you gotta. It's hard to just go four yards, three yards, five yards, seven yards, and drive. You know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen plays to get a touchdown. So you need those explosives, and I th- I think we've done a good job of generating those the last two years. And um, and then obviously you gotta possess the ball. You gotta take care of it because the explosives and all that stuff don't mean anything if you're turning it over all the time. And then when you get down there, you got to get it in the end zone. I mean, field goals. We're, I'm, I'm glad we have good kickers, a good kicking game, but um, we want to get touchdowns when we're down there. And so those will those will be always you know pillars of what we do on offense. Tyler Algier was the consummate collegiate workhorse. Could one player win that role this year, or do you already go in thinking it might take more than a guy? Uh, it. I go into it with an open mind that it might take more, but we would like to find a guy that can carry that load and uh, Chris Brooks is going to get the first shot at that because he earned it in spring ball and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen him yet but he physically looks like a guy who can do it and he was very a very durable player at Cal yeah and I <clears throat> excuse me I was able to have uh, a dinner with him and I'm also impressed by just his who he is as a person which gives me all the more confidence in his ability to emerge there um, your staff uh, even though after Coach Grimes and Mateus left, and you were on the staff prior, it wasn't a huge uh, it wasn't a huge shake shake up, but still new people in new roles. Uh, you have the rare luxury, at least rare in today's college football, of having all the staff together yeah. and back with no changes. Maybe some quality additions. How do you keep the magic in the room? How do you keep that hunger and that fire that that where the best ideas continue to be pumped out of that offensive staff room? Yeah, that's a good point. We have a. Uh Great continuity with our staff returning. Um, most of us with Fessy, Coach Clark, and I, you know, we've been together now for four, five, this will be year five in this, basically the same offense. Um, and, uh, you know, we're always looking for, you know, what's that wrinkle? What's that one thing that we can tweak that'll make us a little better and make us a little more unpredictable without changing everything? You know, you want to have an identity. You don't want to be a whole new offense every year. So, the core things that we do, physical run game based on the wide zone scheme with a down-the-field play-action passing game, like that's still going to be the staple in the core of our offense. And then you know, we're looking for, okay, what's this little tweak here, a little tweak there, personnel grouping that can give us a new look. And so uh, that's, it's fun to go to work with these guys every day because there's a lot of creativity. And then also just knowing each other, we sort of can kind of – dot each other's I's and cross each other's T's already. And then I want to add, um, we added Matt Mitchell. We got Matt Mitchell back, okay? We lost, he's a name people might not even know, but we lost Matt. Matt Mitchell's one of our analysts. He was with us the COVID year when Zach had his great year. He was a big part of our staff. We lost him to Baylor, and this year we were able to steal him back. Mm, it's big. And he's a real ball coach. You add him to the room. We already have Al Papunu in there as an analyst who also has a lot of say in what we do plus our full-time coaches. It's a good group of coaches in there, and I'm, I'm loving going to work every day. I learn new things from those guys every day. Ten seconds to answer the Isaac Rex recovery question. How's he coming? I expect him to play in the first game. Okay, that's excellent news based on what happened at the end of last season. A-Rod, always good to spend time with you. I'll see a lot more of you during the season, during Coordinator's Corner, and uh, look forward to the 2022 season. Great things are in store in 2023 that uh, will wait for another day. Yeah. But uh, here's the 2022. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That's Aaron Roderick, BYU OC. We'll come back with our number two of Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel at BYU Football Media Day. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson on BYU Radio.